0: This episode is sponsored by Honest History. Honest History is the adventure magazine for young historians. Each issue is designed and created to spark kids' imaginations and inspire them to create a positive impact on history themselves.
1: Honest History issues are filled with stories designed to encourage critical thinking and further research, beautiful illustrations, and DIYs that bring the stories to life. From stories about the female Chinese pirate Chang yat so to the war of the currents between Tesla and Edison, each issue dives deep into a topic and presents new information through fun and engaging content. The newest issue explores the world of the Renaissance and some of the important figures from that time who changed history forever.
0: Honest History is a quarterly magazine for kids ages 6 to 12. It includes 64 pages filled with content. It includes 64 pages filled with content and features a soft-touch cover and is perfect bound like a book. Yearly subscriptions and single issues are available. Subscriptions include free shipping.
1: To discover more adventures through history,
0: visit honesthistorymag.com.
1: Use the code SISTERS to get 15% off single issues, valid through the end of October 2020.
0: Hi there and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters Podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara. And we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? (laughs) Doing okay. So we get a ton of math questions. So many.
1: So many math questions. And our math phone friend is our good friend, Kate Snow. hmm She joined us in episode 48, and then again in episode 79, and she just had a new book come out, so we thought it would be the perfect time to bring her back and talk about math for little ones, because her new b- book is a kindergarten book for math. So this is really good timing because there's a lot of families, too, who are homeschooling for the first time this year. And if they're just starting out, that's like extra, extra stressful. And Kate has written about um, she has a preschool math book and also a kindergarten math book. So we thought now would be the time to talk to her about doing math with little ones.
0: And I think she's going to make everyone feel a whole heck of a lot better.
1: Yes, for sure. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it it just, it feels a little weird to be recording this episode, like, almost a month early. Um, <laughs> you were saying you just wanted to shout pumpkins, because... I like, don't have any yet, but I will <laughs> when
0: this comes out.
1: <laughs> did you, um, do you follow the Nestor on Instagram? Uh, I just saw that the Nestor posted about having a statement pumpkin, which is, like, just a big, gigantic, oddly-shaped pumpkin. <laughs> Oh, I love the funky looking yes. ones.
0: Those are my favorite.
1: Yeah. And the idea too was that you don't need a lot of like um, Halloween specific decorations. You can have seasonal decorations. And one of those things is the statement pumpkin. Um, but Halloween's kind of my favorite. I love Halloween. I do too. Yeah. It's going to be weird this year. It's going to be weird. We were making an orthodontist appointment for my daughter and I was like, oh, we made it on October 28th. That might not be good because your braces are going to be all painful and then it will be Halloween. And then she was like, she looked at me and it like occurred to both of us at the same time. Like,
0: we probably won't have trick or treating this year, which boo, but boo was right. Yeah. Hardy yeah. boo. Uh, we've been talking about like maybe we would do a backyard scavenger hunt, like Easter eggs. <gasps> Oh, that's and a good idea. If it's not crazy cold, to do an outdoor movie. Oh, that's a really but good New idea. But New England, it could be snowing. We yeah. don't know. I kind, I kind of, with 2020 being the way it is, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready for a blizzard, like on Columbus It'll Day. be like 92. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I will take that. I'll be out there in my bathing suit and just like, <laughs> soaking up the vitamin D. <laughs> I had a
1: friend tell me yesterday that they're going to do uh, bonfire and s'mores on Halloween. I thought that was a good idea.
0: That is fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we just we just have to keep rolling with it. That's all you can I do. I keep
0: saying it will be memorable. Whatever it is, it won't be normal, but you'll remember it. Right.
1: Well, and last year there was a blizzard here on Halloween. Yeah, and we
0: didn't have Halloween on Halloween. Oh, that's right. You guys had, it got moved, right? I actually, listen to this. I went to, and my husband was giving me a hard time about it, but I got Eric Church tickets for what was it like november 1st and we had a storm here and they didn't have halloween so and we had a concert during trick-or-treating so my dear friend took our kids and gave them a grand old time and they did not miss us one bit even though i felt horribly guilty but that was our last concert yeah Yeah. little did we know so i felt so guilty then but there was not a single concert after that <laughs> I had a real. He gave me a hard time last year because we saw Brothers Osborne twice, and that was a little bit over. But we didn't see them this year. <laughs> <laughs> you were banking concerts.
1: For little the did I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You must. Maybe it was your intuition. Maybe you're maybe
1: psychic. it was. Who knows?
0: I don't know. I just yeah. know when concerts happen again, I'm going to be going to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But I think it's good. Like we can start now. Here's the thing. When you're hearing this episode, if you're hearing it when it comes out, it's October 13th. So we can start thinking of alternatives of things to do for Halloween. Yes.
0: Yeah. And really, there'll be candy and costumes anyway, and it will be dark and spooky yeah. and kids like all that stuff. So
1: I always make my copycat hot chocolate. Not hot chocolate. Hot caramel apple spice from Starbucks. Yum. It's like in a crock pot. And it's just like... <laughs> you just dump apple juice in there and then cinnamon and cloves. And you just like, cook it for a little while and then you add caramel syrup.
0: Oh, and the house smells delicious.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then you like put it in a cup and um, you take it out trick-or-treating with you. And then that's what the grown-ups do when we go out trick-or-treating because it's usually cold. Even though this year it'll probably be 115 degrees or something. Who knows? Are you?
0: I keep telling my kids in or their be short two. lives we've had Halloween rescheduled twice, which never once happened when I was a kid. No, they
1: didn't reschedule things when we were kids. No, we were out there in snow boots, like, slumping along
0: yeah. through the snow banks in the dark.
1: Wearing, like, your winter coat and, like, your creepy Barbie mask and or whatever. never
0: had wool sticks. I'm sure they existed. But, like, yeah. we were in the dark.
1: No, it was like, you, you like it or lump it was the 80s way of <laughs> Halloween. Like... If it's a blizzard, then either you go out in the blizzard or you stay home, and either way, you don't complain. Right? <laughs> no. I don't want to hear about it. The only thing you were allowed to complain about on Halloween was if you legitimately found a razor blade in your candy, <laughs> <laughs> which was like a myth. But remember, like that was what our parents yeah, freaked were out about.
0: Still so afraid. Like this one has. This one's a little bit torn. Give it to me. <laughs> Did your parents
1: take your candy at any point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My mom took our took our candy one time and traded it out for an educational toy. You know those like little uh, the square things where you push the button and it will like show you. There's like all the little different buttons and it's the multiplication thing. So it'll be like oh, two yeah. times two, and then you push the little thing and you can see a four underneath. That's what I got instead of candy.
0: Instead of like Reese's, yeah. Know, yeah,
1: and I think because I was sort of like you know a little nerd, I think I was probably into it. And I loved pushing <laughs> buttons. That was the other thing. Like when I was little, my, people would ask what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I would always tell them I wanted to work at a grocery store because I wanted to push the buttons on the cash register. Oh, so I love that! I was cash probably are very fun. Super into it. Yeah, we're going to talk about cash registers today.
0: <laughs> you Segway. Know what I'm <laughs> And I was just about to ruin it.
1: <laughs> no, go for it. No, it's okay. It's okay. Just Speaking hold on to that nugget, blade. sisters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to take, take you way off track again. No, it's okay. Did you remember having the police and whoever else come to your school and talk about the little stamps with the clown faces on them that were supposedly laced with LSD? LSD, yes. That would be yeah. like sold at ice cream trucks? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, The 80s was a scary time. <laughs> I know. I mean, we worry and about never happened.
1: what's going on with our kids right now. But we had this yeah. guy called Officer Friendly who would come to our school every day. Or not every day. That would have been really scary. That wasn't until high school. <laughs> in high school, we had officers there every day. Um, yeah. But in grade school, he would come to our, yeah, every year and talk about, like, all the different horrible things that were going to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, d- okay, so do you remember, like, hearing growing up that... Uh, you know, like on the playground, someone was going to try to sell you drugs.
0: And I'm like, and they were going to have a clown face on them. Like, I remember (laughs) I was big into sticker collection at that time. And I was always like, stickers and stamps. I'd be like, well, this doesn't have a clown face. You're going to like stick on
1: like the sticker and put it on and be like, like
0: (laughs) well, okay. So we're like, now I want to look it up. Like, was that a big thing that like Bozo the Clown stickers came out of ice cream trucks? I remember being terrified. Like, I had a lot right. of nightmares. I came home that day and I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> so or if I it's just my like another, like, oh, yeah,
1: urban this legend. This is just another thing to worry about. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But my, my grade school was like feet from my grandparents' house. Like, I would walk from my grandparents' house to the grade school. And then behind our grade school was like a forest. And I was like, so basically – a drug dealer and you know they showed you all like the movies and stuff and it's like so this drug dealer is going to come out of the forest and be like hey kid you want to try this whatever and it's like we had lunch ladies out there like there were no shenanigans going down
0: in (laughs) do you know what though i had this teacher (laughs) i probably already told this on the show i had a teacher and her last name was hazard still stands out in my mind and she used to make us she was our sewing teacher she used to make us go to the bathroom in pairs because she told us that she knew somebody who went to the bathroom by herself and got kidnapped and chopped up in a snowbank she told (gasps) us that and she'd tell us that repeatedly and I I think about that now I'm like she would not be allowed to teach children and say things like that like you would be in trouble for that like I didn't and I'm also like pee shy so I don't need a buddy with (laughs) you (laughs) <laughs> I stresses me out. <laughs> I'll take my chances with the snowbag
1: murderer. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love how specific that is, too, because then it's like you, yeah, you have to feel like she's not making this up. It like, was, it's she real. She infor- like too much information. She listened to too much true crime. That was the problem. Yeah. My sewing teacher was really weird, too, though. She would always tell us that one time, like, you know, we... <sighs> Everything in classrooms was so, you know, it would be like, take out your scissors. And so you'd like, take out your scissors and everybody would have scissors in front of them. And then she would be like, now don't touch them because if you take them and spin them around, I had somebody do that once and a girl's finger almost got cut right off. And it's like, oh. I don't know. How would that happen? Nobody had that in their head anyway. I mean, we were like 13 <laughs> and 14 year old girls. And now I kind of want to do it. <laughs> right. And like, we're going to spit, sewing teachers are weird, man she was really weird I think she... we were probably the
0: last person to have sewing because I had sewing and typing and like mm-hmm. on a typewriter yeah and I think they were phased out right after that yep. I also had an art teacher who was really cool same year that would let us watch unsolved mysteries if we if we did our art <laughs> and that would freak me out too I loved that show do you know that's back yes and it's good it's back on yes yeah, she would let us watch that
1: yeah Yes, because I, I had. It was amazing. I can still, like, but when it you goes said... goes along with the hazard snowbank lady, because it was spooky. <laughs> yeah. Typing. I had keyboard with Mrs. Cryer, and I can still hear her going, A-S-D-F-J-K-L, semicolon, space. And she was so... She was mean. My sewing teacher was mean. My sewing teacher made me sew a jet- gigantic <laughs> pair of shorts. Just, the, <laughs> like, I think she wanted us to be I modest. I did a frog pillow. So, like, the shorts went down, like, below our kneecaps. Like for modesty oh reasons but like why why use shorts then why not just do pants I don't understand
0: just the budget <laughs> and I remember they mine were had
1: capris. They were capris Cara. but they were gigantic like the leg holes were like <laughs> they were so big maybe I just measured <laughs> I
0: remember mine had sailboats on them though like I... yeah
1: I love that I don't know
0: so well, I don't I can, think do they teach. The I can remember the pillow. I made a frog pillow. Yeah, it was like a stuffed animals slash pillow that we all did. Nobody had a choice. Yeah, I wonder. And then found- in shop, all the girls had to make nightlights, and the boys got to make this really cool clock. Yes. Yeah. And we were not allowed to make the clock. No, there were oh. even though I did not need a nightlight, even with Mrs. Hazard. <laughs> 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 This is for the night I'm 12.
1: <laughs> nightmares? <laughs> night, a nightlight for your nightmares? <laughs> there you go. All the kids can make nightlights this year to take out on Halloween. I don't know. Oh I don't my god. What are going to do? Okay, how are we going to get back to math?
0: Oh, I'm my sorry. gigantic shorts, I
1: probably <laughs> measured wrong. Now, <laughs> if I would have had Kate Snow in my life. <laughs>
0: Real world math, right there.
1: It is. It is. You can make your own gigantic shorts if you just do the correct. <laughs> math. They're like culottes, but like just not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone wear them to school after? Oh no, no, <laughs> no. These were not the kind of things you wanted to be seen they in public with. <laughs> Were
0: they
1: jamming no, around? Were they stiff? They were like stiff, like.
0: I think they were, like, like the very uncomfortable fabric. You know how you
1: get, like, school cheese and it's not, like, real cheese? I think this was, like, school fabric. It wasn't, like, real fabric.
0: The really, really (laughs) orange kind. It was, like,
1: burlap. (laughs) 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 They were, like, itchy when you put them on. I don't know.
0: Like, they were, like, potato sack pants. They were. were With your baked potato coat. Exactly. Except, (laughs) I love my baked potato coat. I did not love my potato
1: sack. Pants. But again. But if, you use math. If I would have had Kate, she would have helped me do the math so they wouldn't have been quite as big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Kate's who we're going to talk to she's today. be horrified at our introduction.
1: <laughs> we're so sorry, Kate. Because Kate is, like, Kate should be serious. She's a Harvard graduate. She's, mm-hmm. like, you know, crazy. Super smart. Super smart. But she's just a nice normal lady who wants to help families not only be, like, be good at math and have like good math fluency, but also have a good relationship with math, which I think is very important because a lot of us that isn't how we grew up. We grew up being shouted at to type in JKL something in space, and being told that if we went to the bathroom alone, we'd
0: be murdering. What is going on? Why would she tell you that? <laughs> I don't know. I still wonder about that, <laughs> and I don't think I even told my parents. Like, you know, kids now would come home and be like, "Do you know what Miss Hazard told us today?" And then a parent mm-hmm. would be calling the office, being like, "You can't be saying that to kids." No, I don't think anybody did that because she told us the whole the whole year. Yeah, because again, the eighties, years of middle or two years of middle school. She was Like her a little bit. What are you going to oh, do? Okay. Right, you just yeah, yeah. yeah the snowbank. <laughs> we know. <laughs> You're
1: like, I'll just wait till the next... I'll just wait till typing to go to the bathroom, thanks. I'm just going to hold it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, Uh, what else can we say about Kate? She's been on the show twice. Episode 79. Episode 48. Uh, She has a brand new book out. Specifically about teaching kindergartners. And we'll put links to all of her books. And everything we talk about in the episode in the show notes. Over at thehomeschoolsisters.com. So... All right. Are you ready to talk to Kate? I am. Okay. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by PhotoIQ. PhotoIQ offers digital photography instruction starting at the basics by a 20-year professional in an academic style for
0: ages 13 plus. A complete semester-length course done at your own speed and PhotoIQ was created for homeschoolers by a homeschooler. There's no other course quite like it, with graded quizzes and feedback on your assignments, and PhotoIQ is more in-depth than any high school class. PhotoIQ is open for parents of young kids who want to take better photos or take the course with their middle school or high schooler. Students start at Camera Basics and progress through multiple genres to build skills they've learned while creating an appreciation of art history and different styles. Modules include Camera Basics, Still Life and Food, Landscape, Portraiture,
1: black and white, and action. Assignments help students build a portfolio. PhotoIQ provides a 30 day money back guarantee, and there are no ads or subscriptions.
0: Buy now and complete anytime. Don't have a camera yet? Get PhotoIQ's free camera buying guide to learn the different options and make an educated decision. Use the code SISTERS to get 10% off everything, even sale items, at www.photoIQ.co. This episode is sponsored by Radish Kids. Halloween might look a little different this year for many families, but Frightful Fiesta inspires kitchen creativity and holiday fun. Transform Tex-Mex dishes into spooky creatures like mummy enchiladas and haunted tres leches cake. Learn about Mexican traditions, make your own piñata, and host a delicious fiesta. Oh my goodness, that sounds so delicious. So good.
1: <laughs> I want some of that cake right now. Um <laughs> Radish Kids is the leading award-winning monthly subscription kit and cooking club for kids ages 4 to 14 plus that delivers a new culinary adventure to families each month. Each thematic kit is designed by educators and chefs to nurture kids' confidence in the kitchen, expand their palates, and make learning delicious.
0: Radish Cooking Kits entice kids into the kitchen with beautifully illustrated recipes, culinary tools, and fun activities and take the guesswork out of teaching kids to cook. There are even free homeschool lesson plans. Science, math, geography, steam, and other subjects are intricately woven into each themed kit, making the kitchen the tastiest place to learn. With the holidays on the horizon, Radish Kids would make the perfect gift. Use the code SISTERS to get $15 off a six month subscription. To learn more about Radish, visit RadishKids.com.
1: Hello, Kate. Hello.
2: Hi, great to see you guys.
1: Oh, it's good to see you too. Thank you for coming back and joining us in the midst of all that you're doing right now. And um, I bet you're getting plenty of questions and concerns about math.
2: Indeed, I am. It's starting to September now, so it's starting to taper down a little bit. But August was kind of intense. I bet. Um, So many people are homeschooling this year for the first time. So many people are, you know, doing maybe one year of homeschool and seeing how it goes. And so, yes, there's certainly been a lot of people wondering about how exactly to do all this.
1: Yes, and I I think math is always like a special consideration type of topic. You know, Um, a lot of us, as we've talked about this in past episodes, but a lot of us as parents, we doubt ourselves or we have our own sort of math block in place. So it's just a subject that's even a little more intimidating for parents, so.
2: It is for sure. And there's so many things out there. So I know it's hard for people to choose good materials and find what's a good fit for their kids. Um, but there's so many great resources out there. That's the good news. And it's okay to do some trial and error as people figure out what's going to work for them this year. So hopefully most people are starting to settle into a program at this point or settle in to figure out what they want to do.
1: Yeah, well, that's very encouraging, though, that trial and error is normal. And that's normal with all of homeschooling. And as you kind of find your way, but... Oh it is goodness. and then once you
2: find what you want then your kid changes or your schedule changes <laughs> exactly. or you add another kid to the mix and all of a sudden you have <laughs> yeah. to
1: change again so. or something else really cool comes along and you're like oh they didn't have that when like your math facts that stick series i'm like that wasn't around when i had little teeny tiny I people know. i wish it would have been but <laughs> but it's there now so it is. yeah yeah <laughs> so good new products keep coming out yeah it's just it's uh it's hard to stay on top of, but, um, we were talking about right before, like right before we started recording officially, we were saying that, um, you know, as parents, we're all a little extra stressed right now. So, um, that Just we, have a to- <laughs> <laughs> we have to be good to ourselves too, because sometimes my kids will be like, Hey mom, seven times eight is 56. And I'll be like, ah, um, uh, wait, hold on. I was just adding a teaspoon of cinnamon and a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg to this thing. Wait, yes, that's right. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so we even have to be patient with ourselves because what normally might be quicker to recall might take a minute,
2: <laughs> might not be our very top priority at this moment, right? So
1: that's,
2: yes, yes, lots of grace for ourselves, our kids, and everyone right now. Yes,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, you have joined us in two, uh, two for two episodes in the past, and we'll make sure we link to those in the show notes over at homeschoolsisters.com. But for those who haven't heard those episodes yet, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your family and what you do?
2: Sure. So my name's Kate Snow. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, my kids are now in fifth grade and eighth grade, uh, and... I, what I love to do is help parents teach math with confidence, to take some of that stress out of teaching math, and to help people do it in a way that's fun, that their kids enjoy, that helps their kids build a really solid, solid foundation, while also building a positive attitude towards math. Um, it's, you know, those two things can both happen at the same time, is my philosophy, and so I love to show parents how to do that. So my website is kateshomeschoolmath.com, and I'm the author of the Math Facts and Stick series that you mentioned, Kara, um, The Math with Confidence, the, my new full curriculum that I'm just starting to roll out, um, and Preschool Math at Home, my very short little book for parents and preschoolers.
0: So could you tell us a little bit about your newest book, Kindergarten Math with Confidence?
2: I'd love to. So, uh, Kindergarten Math with Confidence is the first book in a series and this is different from my other books because it's a like full comprehensive full year math program for parents to use with their kids at home. Um, and my goal with it is really to make a book that's just really parent friendly, really accessible. I try to write in like a really friendly tone um, so it's not intimidating at all. And it's all scripted and open and go. Um, so parents can just sit down and you know flip open the lesson and get right to it. Um, there's an instructor guide and a workbook and oh the illustrator for the workbook has just done such a great job. The book is just super cute. Um, I just love like paging through it and seeing how beautiful it is. Um, and, but the workbook is kind of actually the smallest part of the program. You know, we often think about math being so paper heavy, but especially with younger kids, like doing stuff on paper is like the least of our concerns. Uh, so the workbook is adorable, but really the core of the program is in the instructor guide. Um, and it's just full of sort of hands-on, real-life activities to do around the house that help kids understand math, um, all, you know, all the things they need to know in kindergarten. So there's things like you know finding shapes in your tiles or sorting spoons, um, looking around the house for different quantities, different numbers. Uh, so lots of activities like that to make math very kind of hands-on, integrated into real life for kids.
0: I love that. Yeah. Oh, and
1: you said so much that we're going to dive into more. But first, um, I just wanted to go back a step because since we're talking about math for little ones, you also have a book for preschool math at home. And can you kind of talk about that and like what age you recommend starting that at and then... Um, I would assume then when your child reaches about kindergarten age, then they can move up to the kindergarten (laughs) book. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So preschool math at home is a little different um, because it's just a series of short, simple activities for parents to do with their child. There's no workbook. I think it's about 50 or 60 activities that kind of progress from very basics of working with numbers up to some simple hands-on addition and subtraction. Um, And so families can start those activities whenever their kids are interested in numbers. Usually it's around like three or four. Um, And to do just kind of one activity a week, um, you know, to do it a few each activity a few times and just gently progress through them. Um, And they're really like five minute activities. You don't need to buy anything special. It's just all stuff you have around the house um, to help your child make sense of numbers and just really lay a great foundation with those numbers to 10 uh, before kids start formal kindergarten math. Um, you know, lots of parents do things with uh, number recognition in the preschool years, like right learning to see the number seven and know it's the number seven. Lots of counting, um, but this just takes those a little bit further, especially in helping kids recognize quantities without counting. Um, and for people who've used my Math Facts at Stick series, they know that kind of counting on fingers or counting one by one is something that down the road really gets in the way for kids. So even in the preschool years with like little peekaboo and hiding games, um, I put in a lot of activities for developing those skills in a fun and age appropriate way.
1: Oh, that's so good too, because I know, um, Kate, we've been hearing from a lot of parents who, you know, have teeny tiny kiddos, but they would have started in a preschool program this year, but right. they're not because of, you know, restrictions. And so they're kind of like, they're worried, you know, about their child falling behind. And of course, you know, you think at three, like, oh, oh they're not going to fall <laughs> behind. It's going to no. be okay. But I'm I so think that would provide a lot of reassurance to parents that like, look, it's it's really not super complicated. You know, your child isn't going to be missing out on a ton of Stuff if they have to miss a year of preschool. Oh,
2: absolutely not. And, you know, I think for parents who are thinking about that, really just thinking, you know, preschool activities just should be simple, short, and often. (laughs) So if you just do five minutes of things with numbers every day, you're (laughs) great. That's really all your child needs to know. I mean, I was totally, when my kids were that age, I was definitely, or I am definitely a type A box checker. So I like to feel like I have done the thing, you know, like I have (laughs) really made it happen. Um, But the beauty of those ages is you can spend, even if you wanna make sure you've done something formal, you can spend five minutes on letters, five minutes on numbers, Mm -hmm. and you've done enough formal academics for a preschooler for the day. And then you can paint and play outside and read books and talk and do all those other things that are so important for preschoolers' development. Um, So it's great to have some resources to do those things for a little bit each day, but then not to worry about it, you know, and just enjoy life with your preschooler.
0: I think all the sisters with littles just breathe a big sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) But I
2: think we all know as parents of older kids, too, right? At this point, it's easier to look back and be like, oh, that really was enough. That was perfectly fine. And those were such precious years. I mean, some days long and tiring or tedious, but. Um, but so precious. And I'm so glad that we did all of those things, you know, that we didn't sit and I didn't try to sit my four year olds in front of workbooks all day long, but that we right. uh, used those skills in so many other ways as we just went about our days together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The workbooks like you said, can be so hard at that age, too. Oh. Just mm-hmm. like a major power struggle.
2: Oh, so little my- once. Right. and some kids eat them up you know like yes. there's the occasional kid who's like work books i want as many as i can yes
0: and then go <laughs> yeah Enjoy exactly it. Let it
2: <laughs> um but as far as math goes four-year-olds don't even need any sort of workbook math, you know, for them to be counting and doing things orally playing, solving little problems with their parents, thinking about how many crackers they have on their plate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they split them with their sister, how many each of them will get like that uh, does is perfectly sufficient for preschoolers for sure. And even, you know, for kindergarten, Um, When I pilot tested kindergarten math with confidence, we actually didn't even have the workbook. Uh, The families just did the activities in the book and practiced writing numbers. And that still gave them a full year of math. They're fully prepared to move into first grade math. So don't, don't feel like you have to have workbook people. (laughs) If your kid's fighting you on it, it's okay. Oh, perfect! <laughs> and yeah. you aren't alone. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, we actually got a comment on the sister's Instagram that I wanted to read, and it just it ties perfectly to this. Um, it says, "I wanted to share our experience. I started playing a math game with my kids when they were tiny, three and four. I would hold up fingers and ask them to count them. After they got good at that, I started having them add the fingers on each of my hands together. It was game schooling in its most basic form." And, of course, if you need any more information on game schooling, Kate Curley is your gal. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. (laughs) It became a tradition to do math questions during our bedtime cuddle time. We started doing mental math and story problems in addition to the dinner games. My kids begged me to come cuddle with them at bedtime and do math. Now in first grade, we are reaping the benefits of making math about cuddles and not about stress and pressure.
2: Oh, what a lovely story. That just warms my heart.
1: Yes. And that, and it just goes along so much with what you just said, making math just a part of daily life. That was from Janelyn Leach, um, by the way. But, um, you know, I know in your, um, kindergarten, your new kindergarten book, you talk about things like playing restaurant and going on shape scavenger hunts and things like that. So, um, you, when you first introduced um yourself you were talking about you know building the math skills but also building a good relationship with math and i was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit and why you know it's so hard um for a lot of us because we didn't we didn't do that growing up so how we can change that for our kids
2: right no it is it's hard to shift our own paradigms isn't it like our paradigms about schooling about what makes for Um, like rigorous enough education um, and what what even counts as school, right? Game schooling is a great example of that. So many of us wouldn't, before we started teaching our own kids, probably think of playing Monopoly as a wonderful educational opportunity. And so it is a bit of a paradigm shift. Um, But I think it is that so much of it is getting out of the mindset that it's not real school unless you're sitting at a desk doing a workbook. Right, that all of these other experiences that kids have are just as rich, if not more so. <laughs> right, um, and so when it comes to cultivating that um, as a parent, I think so much of uh, what sort of attitude your child has about math is about what you bring into it. Like I love that story you shared because it's all about the warmth, right? If that parent's building on her relationship with her children, uh, and she's also. You can can hear in her story about how she's so attuned to where they're at and what they know. Her kids feel awesome about solving those problems because she is just gradually increasing that difficulty, right? They're not going to be begging for problems that make them feel lousy about themselves or their math skills, right? But kids love to show what they know. And uh, to, you know, to kind of show off, like, I can, I know three plus four, so I can figure out 30 plus 40, you know, like, that is like the best feeling ever for a first <laughs> grader, um, where they're kind of building on what they already know and using it to solve harder and harder problems. Um, so I think so much for as parents think about building that positive relationship to think about where's my kid at? How can I stretch him just a little bit in a way that's encouraging? Um, kind of find that Goldilocks challenge level, I call it, you know, it's not too hard, not too easy. (laughs) It's just right. Like your brain's engaged, you're finding it interesting, um, but it's not frustrating. And that's the beauty of one-on-one math is that you can adjust where, you know, what you're asking your child to do based on where they're at. And that's a lovely thing. Um, But then also having, you know, taking, what kids already love and bringing it into our math time is another thing that makes such a difference. Um, so for example, my son, when he was four, he was one of those, uh, obsessive kids about space. You know, like it was all about space at our house. When he was four, I knew so much about like the planets and <laughs> their atmospheres and orbits. I, mean, I knew more like about that. Uh, I'm, 10 years ago was definitely the peak of my space knowledge because I was reading so many <laughs> picture books to him. Um, But he learned so much math just through all the random numbers in those space books. Like he didn't really know what a million was. But he just loved hearing those big numbers about how far away, you know, Jupiter was from the sun or how far the moon was from us or how many tons it was. Uh, And so when we, I think it's wonderful when we can pick up on those things our kids already love. It just brings some math to it. Um, yeah, food's another example, of course. Kids love snacks. They love food. And so when we just use food with a four-year-old to say, hey, I've got, you know, six chocolate chip cookies. How should we share them? Um, we're bringing kind of where our children are at, what they're already loving and interested in to their math work.
0: And that makes it so much less intimidating and relatable for them too. I remember, I forget how old my daughter was, but she was having a hard time with whatever math we were doing at the time and it was right before christmas and all the catalogs were coming in so we spent a full month just doing american girl math like if you had this amount of money what could you get what would you get and she would just like she was in it Mm trying to figure it all out and it was all what she would have been doing in the textbook but it just wasn't working for her right then
2: Right, because they're so, you know, kids are so concrete, right? They uh, need like a context that's meaningful to them. Um, And so sometimes use the problems for the textbook, just don't really connect with their lives. Um, So I love what you did there with thinking about something she really, really (laughs) cared about.
0: Suddenly it Uh, wasn't a battle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so even sometimes, you know, if you really, if if you're not feeling as creative as you were during that December, which, you know, props to you.
0: I don't know if it was creative. I think (laughs) it was just just timing, serendipitous that it was there. And I was like, hey.
2: (laughs) But even just making word problems, like changing the names and word problems, it's amazing what that could be. If you just change the name or change it to you, you have $6 and you're at the store. You want to buy something that's $4, how much will you have left? Or change it to siblings or friends' names or especially like comparisons. My kids always for all
0: their- the vegetables, changing out like, the cantaloupe for the right. right. <laughs> Thirty watermelons. I can
1: remember my son being like, "Who would need thirty watermelons?" Yeah, like, no. I won't that's do this math great. problem because that's ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: I have one kid that always yes. got hung up on that too, and I'd be like, "Let's just okay, yes."
1: Yeah. <laughs> decks Pokemon cards. How about that? Right <laughs> <laughs> there, we go. That's, that's a dream spot? come true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> So
2: swapping that stuff out can help a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then bringing it into something that kids care about. And that's something I do in the Math with Confidence series. So kindergarten has a weekly um, like weaving math into real life activity uh, with suggestions on how to do take the math of the week and put into real life. Um, and then moving forward, the upper grades will have um, an enrichment lesson each week, actually, that has a real life math activity and picture book um, so that it's a real like focused part of the program. Because I think... I think everybody wants to do that stuff, but we're not always inspired on a random Tuesday to do so, right? <laughs> like it can be hard to like, okay, I've got so much going on today and now I'm supposed to figure out how to make, you know, math more fun right now too. Um, right, so, so much pressure. It is. Like we all want to have that awesome, you know, picture for Instagram of the super cool thing we did with our kids in math. But, but, and they're all out there on the internet, but it takes a long time to find them. So that's something I'm trying to do in this series too, is to make sure that, parents that can feel awesome about that and do those fun things without having to like look them all up and figure it all out themselves.
1: I like, I like that because then it's like it's math with confidence for your kids but also for yourself as a teacher because I think mm-hmm. this is an area where a lot of us doubt ourselves very much so. Sure. Perfect. Sure. Um, you had touched on this a little bit earlier but um, we get questions about this for little ones and I mean I'm talking like you said like you know, preschool, kindergarten, early, early math. What are reasonable time expectations for those kiddos?
2: Well, you know, I have to hedge this, of course, by saying it depends on the kid. Some kids will sit at a table and, you know, like we said, those workbook kids will sit there and fill things out for hours, um, where some are going to like rip the page out after two minutes and (laughs) go over to play with blocks or something. Um, I think in general in the preschool years a great goal is five minutes of focus math time a day That's <laughs> really that much is plenty and then if you're kind of you know doing it at bedtime or at snack time or doing a little bit of math here and there talking about it at the while you're at the park and how many times you went down the slide and things like that that is great um for kindergartners. I think that about 10 to 15 minutes of working together on a couple different activities. I don't really ever expect a kindergarten to focus on one thing for 15 minutes, but you know, just like a couple little things together for about 15 minutes and then like five minutes or so on a worksheet is a reasonable expectation for sort of the average kindergartner. Um, and of course, it's gonna vary depending on kids fine motor skills. Some kindergartners would still find five minutes of working on a workbook page fairly frustrating. Um, And I always say to parents who are in that situation, it's fine to scribe for your kid. You know, Mm -hmm. don't let your kid's reading or writing skills ever get in the way of them learning the other subjects like that. Those can be two separate things that you're working on Um, because there's no reason that a child can't start kindergarten math just because he's still having trouble writing the letter five, you know, or number five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a hard one. Five is hard. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a very <laughs> hard one.
2: People will still be reversing that into second grade. No question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, that's, even if he's not holding a pencil properly yet, that doesn't yes. mean you can't see kindergarten math.
0: That's, that's really, right Because really then he's going to yeah. dislike math mm-hmm. and it's not the math. No, mm-hmm.
2: it's just the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I have a kid that still hates writing, but he's loved math from the beginning. And the thing he could do early on were those extreme dot-to-dots, like the short lines were totally fine, and he loved it. (laughs) Everyone at school would be like, is he, what is that that he's doing? And he would count them, like, super fast, like 1,001, 1,002. (laughs) But if you ask him to write anything, even now, he will figure out mathematically the fewest number of letters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he's (laughs) actually using math to figure out how not to do as much handwriting. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. Awesome. That's really funny. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you've talked about this too and using things around your, your house. So um, the question was going to be manipulatives, yay or nay? But I'm thinking instead, expensive manipulatives that cost a lot of money, yay or nay? <laughs> <laughs>
2: how about, hey, if you want to, go for it. But okay. Not <laughs> necessary. <laughs> um, you know, kids have learned how to count and do math with no colorful plastic things um, for centuries and they've been just fine. Um, uh, but if it brings joy to your family and your kids to have that stuff around, like go for it. Um, in my, for kindergarten math with confidence, is actually, I actually use only household materials except for pattern blocks. Um, you know, they're those little sets of plastic shapes, and they're just so much fun, and they're so great for teaching beginning geometry and spatial reasoning skills that I could not leave them out. Um, and so if you're going to buy one manipulative, I think that's really a great one. It does things that other, that stuff around your house can't do exactly.
0: And you can do use those for years.
2: Oh, years, I know, to make patterns, to create designs, you can use them for fractions down the mm-hmm. road, for an area and tiling, they're just, just Super fun! Uh, my kids would play with those for hours. Totally separate from masks. Yes. Um So I think those—that's one, you know, set of colorful plastic things that I think is worth your ten dollars. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> and, and other things are wonderful. You know, I think doing puzzles, great. Having a play money set in a cash register for pretend store, or using like real coins and having a set. Around for kids to play with and then to use in your math lessons is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you like that and your budget fits it, or you want to buy mathy things for Christmas and you know pre- and present them as gifts and toys, go for it. Um, but certainly not necessary. Uh, just the normal rulers, stuffed account blocks, Legos, dried beans, um, goldfish crackers, goldfish crackers, pom poms, beads
1: acorns
2: mm. all of it is good Food, M&M's M&M's are great manipulative
1: yes, yes. we used M&M's oh. for a couple of your math facts that stick books and oh. let me tell you we we got a lot out of math time
0: yeah. <laughs> I believe I it math time, math time was the you best time of crap. the day yes yeah.
2: <laughs> know and because kids really they do really need the hands-on stuff so i'm not Mm -hmm. you know poo-pooing that at all especially those little four five six year old they are concrete like seven means nothing without seven somethings when you're Mm -hmm. four Mm -hmm. um but but they don't have to be razzmatazz special
1: math manipulatives they can just you don't have to buy seven, seven watermelons. That's good news. <laughs> you don't have to have 30 watermelons and then you take 10 away. How many watermelons do mus- <laughs> Muscle building math
2: as well as all the watermelons around.
1: <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. And when you mentioned money math, my, so we were at a drive through recently and my daughter said, can we go over making change again? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we did. We bought one of those money sets off of Amazon. You know, it's like mm-hmm. 10 bucks. Um, but just because I didn't i was like i don't want to just be touching all money all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my I own hang up
2: people say that to me recently yeah. i like covid i just we just bought the money <laughs> <laughs> and there's a coin shortage just kind of hard like i right. actually turned in all my coins recently and then my daughter wanted quarters for something and i was like i don't have any coins i just <laughs> like i kept them all out so yeah <laughs> But play money is a great one because kids love it, right? They love to pretend with it, and it's so practical.
1: And like you said, if you just have a cash register around, there's so much you can do if you have that cash register and that play money. The thing is, we'd had that for years and years and years, and I thought, oh, we're done with this. And so, you know, I donated them and everything. Uh And then she was just talking about, like, remember how the counting change and... And I, I always say I have like a fear of public math, like if like, I <laughs> you. a garage sale, you know, and it's like, right? oh, okay, well, that's, you know, $15 and 35 cents. And I'm like, okay, counting up 40, 50, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I understood she just wanted to go over again. So I was like, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, we'll have fun. And so we got the little play math and or play money and it's, we've been having a blast just reviewing oh, that. Good. And then we're going to jump into something else, which of course... Was one of those things that I called you or texted you or emailed emailed you I think and said, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we need to be. What do I do? And you had a recommendation, so thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome.
2: <laughs> um, and I would just recommend it if people want to think about how to like jazz up their. Uh, play money, it's always great then to just get some stuff and stick prices on it. You know, have yeah. your kids make up prices because then you just really start getting going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could start with like whole dollar amounts or whole cents uh, and then get get more complicated till you're at that garage sale example. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so fun. And okay. that just speaks to the relationship too because you you had that stressful you know, public math thing, probably because of something in your past. I always think of being in Catholic elementary school and they would have us do these speed drills and we'd stand up in front and they'd like quiz us fast. And it gave me so much anxiety that now when I'm in public, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> even though if I was at home, it would be fine. It's just the, uh-huh. you know, the audience It brings me back to, you know, second grade or third grade in front of <laughs> whoever. But, um, I love that you took the play money out again and that you got it again. You're playing with it. I think that's wonderful.
1: I I remember when
0: when my my kids were
1: uh, teeny tiny I decided we were going to create like this whole store so we started saving recyclables for like weeks and my husband was like what is happening because like I would save the box (laughs) of pasta and I would save the empty box of cereal and I would save all these things because we were going to create like this whole big store and he was just like what is with <laughs> the, the poor bosses? husband? Yeah. Um but it was super fun and That was an awesome pretend store. Well yeah, and it had to be stocked. You can't have like, you know, oh, one kind exactly. of cereal in the store and
0: you, you know. need choices.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of money math, so we were doing my daughter and I were doing it and um it was like you go into a restaurant and this was from um can't remember where we got the story but you go into a restaurant and somebody buys pizza and apple and a bottle of water and she's like that's the worst lunch ever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so right. like you context. said context matters. yeah sometimes <laughs> just saying like she got a pizza and a soda and a cookie or whatever i don't know whatever <laughs> sounds appealing to kids if you're
0: gonna go go big right? right
1: yeah you go into a restaurant buy an apple and a water come
0: on what are you trying to you
2: self-controlled than me here yeah <laughs>
0: You need a bag of chips. Right? <laughs> Add to the salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something,
1: something in there. Um, so, in your book, too, you mentioned using picture books for math. And yeah. that, Kate and I, like, that's near and dear to our hearts. So, um, we'll just nerd right out over that. <laughs> I know. I was thinking maybe if we each had um, a book or two we could share. And, Kate Snow, of course, we can start with you. But, what, what do you, are there a couple that just really stick out to you that you love? Oh.
2: It is so hard to choose. Um, there are so many wonderful math books out there. Uh, so kindergarten math has a kindergarten math confidence has a book for every week, so that families you know have an option every week that relates to the math that they're learning. And it was so much fun putting that book list together. Now I'm working. First grade is written, and I'm working on the second grade one right now. And it's so fun, like see bringing the books up um, a couple levels. Um, one of my one of my absolute favorites for real little kids is the book Lyle Walks the Dog. Do you guys know Lyle the Crocodile? Yes. The, uh, Bernard Weber. Oh, he's like this. He's like a sweet crocodile who lives in New York City, and it's just completely ridiculous. And he's very sweet and lives with a family. But in Lyle Walks the Dogs, he walks one dog, then two dogs, then three dogs, all the way up to ten dogs. Um, and they're very it's a very like sweet book. But the numbers are also printed on the page. And so you can count the dog, say the number out loud, find the number printed on the page. So there's some really good math content there. So that's one of my favorites for the kindergarten age. Mm.
1: Kate, do you have, Kate, Curly, do you have a favorite math picture book? So
0: many favorites. And now I wasn't prepared for this. So I hope I'm I get the titles right. Sorry, but, I always but, do um, that. <laughs> Lemonade in Winter. Oh, yes! such a good You guys look! know that one? Yeah. And the is it the penny pot? Yes. That has the face painting in it, too. Those inspired – I actually wrote a blog post on it ages ago because people were asking – I mean, this is like – it was probably a terrible <laughs> – if you looked at it <laughs> like, The photos are awful. But those books, just reading them to my kids when they were preschoolish age and then watching what they would do on their own basically after, like they did, they recreated the stories, and it was amazing. So those just have – like I will never get rid of the books because – I just have a special place in my heart, but I love when a kid takes the story and then either recreates it or plays it out somehow. Mm -hmm. And so the math is, and the story itself is still, you know, you're still learning it, but we also like how much is a million. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's such a fun. That's a good one too.
0: My little guy loved that.
2: Lemonade in winter. And, uh, the penny pot are both of
0: my second grade program, Kate. Oh, so. good. <laughs> they're, they're uh, I, I think feel like I got called, a gold star now. <laughs> lemonade might be called something
2: else, but it's very close. It's like the lemonade it, store or something like that. Yeah, like,
0: and yeah. it is. It snows in it, doesn't it? it yeah. They're not
1: doing it right. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, in a little bit, i read it. I can sort of see the cover. And it's got right. that song. It's like it lemonade,
1: more. lemonade, lemonade, lime. There's like a little
0: rhyme that goes ah. with it that they oh, keep yeah. saying.
1: Is Eliminated
2: Winter, a book about two kids counting money.
0: Okay. Yes. Perfect. Hey.
1: Perfect. Yeah.
0: So those are just either the type of book that you read and they don't realize that they're learning any math, but mm-hmm. it's so fun that then they want to go do it. And you're like, ha ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We had uh, the book 365 Penguins became like a part of our world so much that still sometimes when something um is like going wrong and things are going off the rails. will be like Ted, get the hammer and the saw. And <laughs> um, I don't it, know this. It, it goes. Oh, I'm gonna uh, find this. It goes. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Ted, get the hammer and the saw. And <laughs> it's basically about um, this. I already love it. That starts receiving a penguin every day for 365 days, and they don't know where they're coming from or why. And it's a big book, and it's just in black and white and orange. And it's just super fun so it's just funny because like how those things work into your life where you know we'll still it's an Anderson classic yeah what's well, like after we read the um trevor noah book and like when things oh. get hard now we'll look at
0: each other and we'll go pray trevor <laughs> <laughs> and they i love are. when you have all those lines yeah. Did you ever read Pin Throws a Fit? Now I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any math in this one. But it, it, it always says thunder in the nursery whenever anyone in here is having a hard time. It's always yeah. thunder in the nursery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But I mean, when a book yep. can like work its way into your family, like, I mean, language, you know that it's your kids are learning from it. And it's sticking, I think. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's
2: about cultivating that positive relationship between you and your child, between your child and numbers, between your child and language. I mean, these are all the the good things that we want to be encouraging
0: in our families so totally
1: yeah okay so you just mentioned that you the first grade one is written the second grade one you're working on so do you have a time I know that I mean you work with a publisher so are you allowed to share like when stuff is coming I am yes so we are
2: first grade will be coming out sometime late winter or spring of 2021 so I think May 2021 this coming May is our official deadline, maybe a little earlier before, depending on how things go, but certainly by May it will be available, um, and then I'll be continuing to release a new book each year around that time uh, through at least fourth grade. Wow.
1: So, yeah, wow. so really okay.
2: exciting. I am uh, having so much fun writing this series. I have a fabulous group of pilot testers who are trying it out as I write, and it's so fun to work with them and learn from them and, you know, really hear how this it's, you know, when you write a lesson, it feels so like, well, maybe this would work. You know? <laughs> Like right. I trust myself mostly but you know 100 pages into a book sometimes I start to wonder if this is all making any sense at all it's gonna be a lonely process to write a book so um have yeah, about 200 people 200 families working along with me in the second grade and trying out lessons let me know what works and what flops, so I can fix it um and it's just been a joy so I'm fun. thrilled to be able to continue this series through. and so yeah we'll go through at least fourth grade and then we'll see how things are going
1: okay oh wow all right um and then we wanted to ask too because you have the math facts that stick series do you recommend parents combining those doing like what 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 would you say to a parent who um you know because both I'm we're big fans of the math facts that stick (laughs) series so like how I mean for now I guess you know they can go from kindergarten to math facts that stick but Pretty soon you're going to have other books out there that um, for those grades.
0: Oh, right.
2: Yes, yes. No, this is. I've got, been getting a lot of questions about this, so thank you for asking that. Um, so my goal with Math With Confidence is to make it a comp- comprehensive, all-in-one, streamlined curriculum for people so that they don't need to supplement, because I know how time-consuming and stressful that can be to try to be pulling all these things together. Um, and so, for families that use Math With Confidence, they won't need the Math Facts and Stick series uh, because they'll see some of those games and uh, concepts, certainly, in the series, but they won't need it unless they want to use it for a summer review. Um, oh. It would be a great option for summer review and consolidation. Um, and then I will also be recommending it as we move forward for families that are jumping into Math With Confidence. Um, So for example, I have a couple families that started the second grade pilot group where their kids didn't quite know, have enough mastery of first grade math facts. And so some of them have done a few weeks of the addition facts that stick so then they can like slide in there. Um, So it'll be kind of either for like as a transition um, or for between grades when kids just need a little extra practice. Um, And then it's because I do want, you know, I just, don't want people to have to be juggling a bunch of books. I feel like if you buy a math curriculum, you should just have what you need to get through the year.
1: Perfect. OK, that, that's good. That solves that quandary. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, and before we go, we're going to ask about joy. Um, but is there anything else you want to tell folks about math with little ones that we didn't touch on? Just a parting shot. No, that's not what I'm to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> A parting, a parting thought.
2: A parting gift.
1: <laughs> okay, we're gonna go with parting thought because otherwise it sounds like yeah. I'm... <laughs> Parting gift. Yes, parting gift. Uh,
2: I think the main thing I hope people take away from this is just that math with little ones doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to stress, and you are not, there's you can't even be behind at this stage. It just, like, doesn't even exist. You know, enjoy math with your child. Spend five minutes a day doing some things with numbers, um, and your child will be in fine shape to start kindergarten or to get into first grade or to get into a more formal curriculum um, that if you can... You know, look for some math picture books when you're at the library, play some games involving numbers and talk about numbers through your day. You're going to be in great shape.
1: Oh, I love that. I, um, can we get t shirts that say you can't be behind? That doesn't even exist. I know and yes, then absolutely. from Kate Snow. Like it can, if we can get yes. this and if we can have it written you need a coffee mug, Ooh. so we can like look in the mirror and then it will read the right way. I think that would be very helpful. Yeah, it would be very helpful. I love that. We need somebody to help us with merchandise. If anybody out there makes t-shirts and mugs. Oh my gosh. We have so many good ideas but no execution. No, no. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Um, if any, Yeah, if anybody... If anybody can help us with that, We'd, we need help in lots of ways. 2020. Um, okay, so uh, before we go, uh, Keats, no, is there something that's bringing you joy right now?
2: I have a very frivolous thing that is bringing me joy right now. I am normally, uh, like I love to read. I'm a big reader. And normally I do love to kind of tackle like hard books and classics. And uh, I love to like really dig into books. Um, but these days, I have a stack of romance novels uh, <laughs> next to my bed, and I am enjoying them so thoroughly. I love reading books right now that have, um, like, or everything just gets tied up perfectly at yes. the end. It's yes. a happy ending. Uh, and so romance novels are bringing me great joy right now. Oh,
0: Somebody I needs to that. write an article on this, because I was talking to a friend, same thing, that usually were. I'm not saying you're not well read. I don't mean it that way. But like, usually I read, I'm proud of what I'm reading. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's on bestseller lists and yeah. they get awards and stuff. Right now I'm reading all murder. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a Stephen King. It's like sad. Kate in seventh grade. Uh-huh. But I think it's something, this is what your brain needs right now. It's like, yeah. you need something that will suck you in. And then at the end, it's, it's solved and you can put it down. Do
1: you remember um the Jennifer Weiner book, Good in Bed? Did yeah. you, either of you read that? Okay. So I remember I was reading it at the dentist office and the dentist was like, What are you reading? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's called Good in Bed and he was like, Wow. And I so yeah, it's like sometimes you're reading things that you want to tell people about. <laughs> your dentist. <laughs> and sometimes you want yeah. you're reading things that you don't want to tell your dentist about, you know? And it- I think we need both. I really do. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, you know, your diet. You have some really good stuff and then some mm-hmm. junk and you need it. And you need a little junk in 2020. Maybe that's how it works. That's why you have... Both in my diet and, and my, my and... reading. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's,
0: There's been a lot more before chips before. over here this year. <laughs> <laughs> the chipping. You could do a bar graph and it's just been gone. There's some math, relatable math. How many chips is mama been eating? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I still
1: remember when... You shared that picture
0: where you ordered chips and they substituted them, and they gave you that teeny tiny backup chip. That was so, that was one of the most unfair events of 2020. <laughs> I wanted a bag, a family size bag of Cape Cod potato chips, and Walmart gave me a little thing of lays that had like four chips in it, like that you would, <laughs> like you would put in a school lunch or something. I like almost, Valerie's I smoking. almost cried. I was, and then I was like, things are irrational right now that I am this upset. <laughs> But I like that you understood why I was so upset about it because I was like, living this is for that worst delivery. I substitution was like, it's ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like a crime. It was just it was it was awful. It was so awful.
0: <laughs> they just this week substituted, and actually, it smells lovely. But I needed just like a bottle of the spray bleach. Like we don't usually have a lot of it, but I just wanted to have one. We're out just in case, and. It was something called like plant topi, like it smells like parsley. It smells lovely. <laughs> but I was like, this is not even a little bit bleach. <laughs> it's, it's exactly so the same. Thing. Parsley's the same as bleach. Don't worry. Sounds <laughs> really. I might be a buyer now, but it's not. It's. That's it's your not the
2: purpose story. that you really have for the bleach of killing. Yeah, like, yeah. I was
0: thinking yeah. the institution was okay, but it's just funny, funny, <laughs> <is> weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay so uh, the chip substitution did not bring you joy is there something else that's bringing you joy
0: right now do you know I forgot that we were asking this question so I am trying the whole time Kate's been talking I've been trying to think of something a little bit more appropriate but I'm just gonna go with what happened this morning that brought me joy which is that I took my kids around to do like last not that it's last minute but it's warm out here warmish so I put them in outfits that will work for Christmas cards and it's like brilliantly sunny and the leaves are changing oh, so I bribed and they held it together really really well and the backstory to this is that a few years ago we were on vacation and they told me that them they and Linda our doll that they hang out with all the time we're gonna start a band and I said really what's your band's name and they without missing a beat said the triple butt cheeks <laughs> Which was just so random, and it actually sounds like a band. So it's become a family joke. And today, I let them make an album cover for it. At their last photo, not with. There's no bums, but it looks like
1: a band cover. And So, Linda it. oh, I was gonna say, so Linda is included.
0: Oh yeah, Linda. Okay. Linda has had a fierce comeback in 2020. I feel like we got another year of childhood if we're looking at like silver linings of this strange year. So Linda's living her best life,
1: best life. <laughs>
0: did you share the yep. picture
1: of her like in her spa setup situation like we all want to be linda
0: Let's see if she's here because i'm reporting from the room yeah she yeah. had a spa yeah. her sleep oh. mask doubles as when we're out in. we're so weird <laughs> <laughs> when we're out in public she has her sleep mask over her mouth so it looks oh. like oh, hilarious and oh, we get man, second, no. like, people do, like, the double take. and like, we are, like, the homeschool family. <laughs> this is who we are.
2: <laughs> but the doll is protected.
0: Yes, yeah, she is. She doesn't want Yeah. Yeah. I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Kate.
1: Okay. Kara, okay. what's bringing you joy? Well, so, like, what Kate said, it's, like, um, when – you know, y- you need something that's just light and kind of fluffy and happy. And, like, you know everything's going to be okay. And you know, like, a main character isn't going to get killed off or whatever. Like, just really no worries reading. I've been listening to this series on Audible. I just started the second one. And it's called Nice Girls Don't Have Fangs is the first one. And it's about, like, a mild-mannered librarian who turns into a vampire. And
2: <laughs> Excellent.
1: So I was talking with my counselor... About something and she was like, are you, do you ever get worried about how much like true crime you've been reading? And I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to be worried about it, but like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably like going a little heavy with the true crime right now because like you said, it's like murder, like just give me a murder book, yeah. like, give me something that will capture my attention and distract me from whatever is going on. So like I listen to Dateline or like what." What have you? Um, instead, so I switched to vampires.
0: <laughs> I think that works. Yeah, but it's really funny. I would give giving all my books. I had the was this happening last season? The driveway book trafficking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was giving all my books, like because I read fast, I'd have a stack, and i tell my friends, "If you want to come by, because I'm on kind of like a thoroughfare, you can come by for my book trafficking." take or leave whatever and so my friend Beth was giving them to her mom who lives down the street from me I don't know her mom that well and after a while I was like I feel really your mom must think I'm so strange (laughs) it's so dark and then she was like no she loves them she says she's loved every single book you've given her but I feel like it's a thing someone needs to write an article about it yeah about fluffy uh, reading during the like, pandemic
1: relaxed reading yeah I don't even know because it, it you're right it isn't necessarily always just like happy stuff but it's like stuff that will just it's like good distraction
0: well there were some is books I read that, that were too happy and it actually made me mad I was like this would never happen especially this year like, <laughs> 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 yeah this is not the
1: and year are like you, peppy <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Kate, thank you so much for being with us again and helping us just handle the uh, anxiety that comes with math for so many families. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we love having. You on and I yes.
0: think So, many people are going to be relieved. Yeah. Well, which is always. Thank fun. you so
2: much for having me. It's always so much fun to hang out with you guys for a bit, and uh, so glad to be be of help and hoping to calm some anxieties about math.
1: Yes. And we will put it in the show notes, too, where people can find you. But real quick, do you just want to let everybody know where they can find you?
2: Yes, it's kateshomeschoolmath.com.
1: Okay, perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes over at the homeschoolsisters.com And we'll list all of your books over there and everything else that we talked about today. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day.
0: You Thank too. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.